Hi, I'm John Wall from Marketing Over Coffee. Hi, I'm Joe Rowley. Hi, this is Chris Smith, and this is the Craft of Marketing Podcast. Hi, I'm Seth Price, and you're listening to The Craft of Marketing, where I go behind the scenes with professionals who are exceptional at their craft to discover the insights that they use to succeed at marketing. One of the biggest challenges for anyone in charge of driving business revenue is creating a repeatable blueprint for making the register ring. In this episode, I chat with Chris Smith. He's the co-founder of Curator, a social media digital marketing and sales coaching company that helps businesses grow faster. In less than three years, he used the blueprint in his latest book, The Conversion Code, to grow Curator to over $5 million in annual recurring revenue. That's no small feat. His path leading up to now had him working for two billionaires, a near-billion-dollar publicly traded company, and a startup that was acquired for $108 million. You won't want to miss this episode, the tips, hacks, and strategies that professionals share with each other, but rarely talk about in public. This episode is sponsored by Playster, the number one platform for powering real estate listings on the web. For more information, go to playster.com. Awesome, Chris. So psyched to have you on. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. So... For folks that don't know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm the co-founder of a company named Curator. My name's Chris Smith. I'm from a place called Polk County, which I like to say stands for people of little knowledge. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I used to tell people that, uh, you know, to get to my house, you went past the chicken farm on the left, an orange grove on the right. And if you hit the cow pasture, you had gone a little too far. So I'm actually from a very small place. I think that really influenced my upbringing. Uh, graduated from Florida State lived out in Los Angeles for a little while, tried to get in the entertainment industry um, and and really uh, settled into kind of a life of sales and marketing Yeah, uh, at, a, at a pretty young age. Actually, I was doing uh, internet lead conversion uh, in an inside sales capacity at 24. So that's yeah. about 12 years ago. And obviously things have changed a lot since then, but yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride. I've worked for companies like Inman News. I worked for Dotloop when they got bought for 108 million by Zillow. Uh, I've also worked for Quicken Loans and Realtor.com. So have a, have really had a unique set of experiences, two different billionaires, a billion dollar company, a, a startup that was acquired for nine figures. And today I run Curator and we focus on, you know, lead generation and lead conversion for top producing salespeople. Awesome. You know, what fascinates me about you is your hustle, man. The combination, I think you're really intuitive as a sales and marketer and your know-how about how to bring that to the table, not only for yourself, but for your customers. Tell me a little bit about that path from starting, sort of doing that inside sales and then really figuring out how to turn the dials to actually make it work. Sure. You know, you've interviewed a lot of really smart authors, Seth. Yeah. A lot of authors don't run businesses. This is true. And and so they're sort of playing Monday morning quarterback. And this is a very dangerous era to take advice from someone who's not running a business right now. Yeah. 
yeah. because things are so different. No offense to them. They're probably very sharp. And I love reading books that are researched and case studies. But if you've never been in a cubicle and called 100 leads a day and got told to F off a few times, and if you've never spent millions of dollars on Facebook ads specifically, you know, you really can't teach what's in the conversion code. Yeah. And, and, and so for me, because I come from the background of being the kid in the cubicle, it, 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 you know, I, I just have always felt that like you have to work, like you can't just like commentate. So I think what, what we do a good job of my co-founder at, at curator, Jimmy, I, I would include in this is we just lead by example. We call it eating our own dog food. If you're going to hire us and we say that you should have a beautiful website and you should use landing pages and you should use email marketing and CRM and automation, we're going to do that too. We're going to actually do that first and make sure it's a proven strategy before we bring it to you. So I, I'm not sure how people can take advice from people that are actually not doing the work. So I, I think that'll always be a part of what I try to do is actually lead by doing, not yeah. lead by teaching. Yeah. You got a lot of failures in, in, in one's path that then you can actually show people what not to do. Uh, which well, it's embarrassing, it. Seth. You've been online doing things publicly for a while now too. So go back to your blog role from, from seven years ago. It's yeah. embarrassing. I wrote a post the other day. I, I sort of got it, you know, Facebook sends you the on this day. And it was a, it was like, I wrote this post, which was like, here's what I hope happens in the real estate industry next year. And, and it was, it, it had all the passion and hustle that I've always had, but damn, it needed an editor. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, I cannot believe I put my name on this. Yeah. So it is an evolution. Uh, it's not an existence, I think is, is important for people to know. Yeah. You know, I love the title of the book, The Conversion Code. You spend a lot of time figuring out how to convert and either on the phone, email, website, or one of the channels how did that become your focus? Because that's what makes the cash register ring. You know, I think that if you're going to go out there and teach business people how to become successful, you can't start with likes and followers. You have to start with things that have always been around and things that will probably always be around. And so that's why the book's about generating leads, setting appointments and closing people. Yeah. Because you'll always need those three things regardless of the sort of era with which you do those three things. So for me, back to my my first job doing anything that involved the internet, I, I was working for a guy named Lou Perlman and he invented basically the boy band era, sadly. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy that created NSYNC and, and Backstreet Boys and he's in prison because he he's an unethical jerk right now. I yeah. mean, he, he, you know, he ripped off a lot of people in a lot of different ways. But, but, but that was my first job, Seth. So it was like the only goal at a lot of these boiler room environments is, is to make money. I mean, my old sales coach used to say, when I look at the reports each month and I look at how many things you sold, we make the spreadsheet in that column only wide enough for a number because your excuses don't fit. <laughs> and, and so it doesn't, it doesn't say that Chris had 13 sales, but he was sick two days. It doesn't say Chris sold four, but you know, the leads weren't good this month. And, and so I just had that drilled into my head from the beginning that everything you're doing with marketing is meant to drive sales. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do marketing because they want to win awards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, maybe the converse of that and maybe not the converse, but the other side of the coin is that sort of 
brand and perception and that connection on a human level mm-hmm. really has an impact in conjunction with you've got to make the register ring. Like if you Absolutely. don't do that, you, you can't uh, you can't pay your bills and keep people and hire people, that kind of stuff. Well, as an interesting just side note to that is Quicken Loans, you know, they they licensed the name from Intuit and QuickBooks so that yeah. they could build immediate trust over the phone with internet leads. When we would talk about Fashion Rock, which was the event that I sold for Lou Pearlman, nobody knew Lou Pearlman and nobody knew Fashion Rock. So guess what we talked a lot about? Britney and and sync, right? Yeah, of course. So, so yeah, the the idea that you have to build trust is still there. And think about it: Quicken Loans, Realtor.com. These are very very respected companies that do world class marketing campaigns. Seth. Yeah, Quicken yeah. Loans had a Super Bowl commercial, but the the bottom of that funnel was me yeah. with my headset on, and that's what <laughs> most companies are missing. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh, I have made my share of hundred calls a day. So I know what it's like to be in a, in a cubicle dialing for dollars. Um, so I read your book, you were gracious enough to send me a galley copy and you know, I have to be honest. I was, I mean, I've known you for a long time, but I was surprised at how good and how actionable it was. And not that like, you know, your friends send you stuff all the time and you're like, yes, I'm going to read it. And I read it and I actually went back to it again because there were some, you connected some dots in a way that I think is hard for folks to do that are conceptual. And I think you referenced that at the beginning of this talk, which is, hey, some folks think about it and the theory works, but if you're actually doing it every day and you need to be successful to pay the bills, it's different. And so I I really appreciated that. So, you know, tell me how the book came about. Like, what was the, what was Thank the you. idea? Yeah, the idea. And, and I appreciate that, that feedback. And, and you've had so many great people on and read so many great books. And my goal with the book was that it was as specific as possible. But what, what I wanted to be specific about were the universal truths at all the organizations I've been a part of. So at each and every one of these companies, there were things in place that had to be there in order for that machine to work. Mm-hmm. One of them, Seth, is leads, right? So if you have a boiler room call center, you really need people to call. And so direct response marketing was at sort of the heart of what I learned, which is click on an offer, fill out a form, get the offer, I call you. Yeah. And, and, and I think with a lot of people, they have spent a lot of time with their websites and a lot of time with blogging, but they, they've never seen that. So things like, and it really is not as big of a technology stack as people may think, but a website, a blog, landing pages, CRM, email marketing, and calling leads, you know, those things are sort of uh, unoptional for me. Yeah. And and Facebook, where, whereas in the past, like Quicken and Lou Perlman would use radio or they would use uh, even things like LowerMyBills.com ads or, or LendingTree ads to feed their funnel. What's changed since I left those companies is that they can now do demand gen and they can do direct response marketing through Facebook and they can get those leads for themselves versus paying a premium through a lead provider, yeah. which probably resonates with at least the guys that we know, Seth, and, and, the, and the ladies in the real estate space. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the sales piece for, for a bit. So you've done all this cold calling. What does it take to be effective on the phone? Great question. The number one thing is tone. 
if I can just say that very plainly, it takes enthusiasm yeah. because if you've been on the phone with a salesperson that isn't sold their self, you're not going to buy. Yeah. So my, my sales coach would say, your only job is to get them more excited than the cost of the product. And the only <laughs> way to do that is to be enthusiastic. And, and he would say, I-A-S-M stands for I am sold myself. Dan Gilbert talked about a similar concept about how humans communicate. Human communication is more than 50% physiology. It's about 30 plus percent tone and only 7% of how we communicate our words. Yeah. I'm actually, as I'm talking to you right now on Skype, Seth, I'm looking at your picture. That helps me Yeah, be because it, I can see you. And so that is where a lot of things ha have sort of, uh, where, where a lot of people, they want the script, which I do give, like say this, but the way you say it is critical. So the number one thing is enthusiasm, positive mental attitude, black Labrador mindset that you're excited to see every person that comes through the door, because if you're not enthusiastic and excited, people won't buy from you. I yeah. mean, that's just number one. And then I think the other, the other thing in, in order to be, uh, I call it STS selling, which gives you the highest closing rate possible. It's about speed it's about tenacity and it's about using a proven script and a framework for success. So the data around like calling quickly was was insane, where if you call within five minutes to a new lead, it's actually 100 X easier to convert the lead than if you call within 30. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even call ever and, and the media number yeah, they of, email, they, they email, they, they will get back to you. And, and, and then even people that have a CRM set that are trying to do this, right. They have an action plan that says call on day one and call on day two. Yeah. And you need to call two to three times on day one. You need to call two to three times on day two. When I was at Quicken and the CRM, they had the, you know, once you dialed through the list, you just did it again. Yeah. And by the end of the day, you had some really great conversations. So you know, this stuff is all, you know, it can, it can feel a little overwhelming, but it's about being quick. It's about being tenacious. Like one other stat I thought was interesting was even if you call in the first five minutes, only 48% of leads will pick up. But if you'll call five more times, 93% of leads will, will, you'll make a contact. So think about that, Seth, at a company like Playster or Curator or Dotloop. Think about the idea that if you simply added additional calls to the leads you're already getting, you could almost double your conversion rate just by contacting more leads, not yeah. even by getting better at what you say. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities around being quick. You know, I say speed kills, right? Around being tenacious and understanding that you have to call people multiple times. And then around having that conversation, that enthusiastic tone and, and sort of knowing what you're going to say before you say it. Yeah. It, I have an interesting uh, story. So I'm in the Northeast. We had a bunch of ice dams from all of the snow last year. So one of the things that was advised to me is, hey, I've got to redo the insulation in my roof, like right at the gutters. And so I called four companies. You know, I'd called some, talked to some of my neighbors, got some recommendations. Three of the four companies called me back maybe a day or two later. One company called me back within 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. He was able to schedule appointment for the same day. And I happened to be working from home. He showed up, he gave me a quote right then and there. And then he emailed me and he's called me every day for, I don't know, a week and a half. And he's got my business. Like, I don't even want to talk to the other people. 
mm-hmm. but it's just like the ability to be present and be tenacious and be yep. fast. I mean, yeah. And then the other thing I would say, and by the way, 50% of internet leads go with the first person that they speak with. Yeah. But here's the key to that. The key to that is that even when you get them on the phone, you have to then immediately focus to having a meaningful conversation because as, as like a mortgage officer, imagine if you get a lead from lending tree where the whole concept is that four other banks are going to call you to compete. So that's like a really tough lead to work. Well, what we figured out kind of cracked the code on was that if you can keep people on the phone in a very meaningful kind of engaged conversation for 45 minutes or so, they do, they, they're going to think that that's the way it works. Yeah. And then they're going to go, and then you can use that and say, Hey man, you know, you could go through another 45 minute call like this with somebody else that won't be nearly as charming. And it may end up saving you a couple bucks let's just get the deal done. I've actually enjoyed our call. You know, do you really want to have Wells Fargo and Bank of America and and everybody else call you too and pull your credit and all that stuff? And it was actually helpful. So I would say that talk time is something that people don't think enough about. Yeah. And you can't convert a lead in less than five minutes. I mean, you're going to have to have a meaningful discussion. So anyway, call them quick, call them a lot. And when you talk to them, understand that the longer you talk to them, the less likely they'll talk to someone else. Yeah. Let's switch gears and shift to marketing. Tell me a bit about the marketing strategies that you've employed because you've grown curator really quickly. Um, you yourself has been successful at the other endeavors, whether that was Inman or Quicken Loans. And I'm curious what you did. Sure. There, I think there's some guiding principles to what I've tried to do. I, th- I think I've, I've kind of, again, evolved and gotten better at it and still try to get better every single day. But one of the one of the principles that I think is important to me, I know it's important to you, and, and I actually kind of reinstilled it in a book I read uh, called The Method Method, uh, which is a great book. It's, it's a actually, horrible name, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> when you find out what it means, like, are you familiar with the soap company Method? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's the method that they used. So that's why it's the method. I know. Method. I, I you have, see I, the book. It no, looks beautiful. I, I yeah. have the book. I have not <laughs> okay. read it yet. But it was yeah. one of those names that I was like, guys, come yeah. on. Do yeah, something close. different. Exactly. And I'm from Polk County, remember. So I, you know, we <laughs> <laughs> we have to be careful with that. So so yeah, I think the the idea is that design builds trust online. Yeah. And 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 people are going to still hire people they trust and they're going to convert better if, if things look good. And it, there was a study in the book that they basically surveyed a group of women between 40 and 70 who were buying pharmaceuticals online for the first time. And they asked them, you know, to use 10 different websites and to choose one to make their purchase and then to kind of give them their notes as they went. And what happened was when they cited a lack of trust in a site as the reason they didn't use it, 94% of the time they cited the design as what caused the distrust. Only 6% of the time it was the words and the content and the copy itself. And I think we've heard a lot over the last decade about content is king. And and I think that design is king. I think that if you want people to read the content and buy from you and convert through your funnel all the way to a sale, that experience starts with the landing page. It starts with the website. It starts with the mobile 
uh, beauty, you know, of the platform that you're using. So I've never, I have told in the book, you know, I started with like a ugly teal WordPress theme that took me 80 hours to make terrible. But from the time <laughs> I've invested in design and on, I have exponentially grown my business and my brand. The other thing is I think that too many people, Seth, when they look at social media, they're using it to grow their brand, but they're not using it to grow their business. Yeah. And so what I've done to supplement all the brand building and blogging and podcasting and book writing that I've done is every minute of every day, we are also running ads on Facebook, driving people to landing pages to capture their info. Yeah. And so just like at Quicken, it goes from a commercial at the Super Bowl to a guy in a cubicle. It's the same thing with us. I'm on stage, we're blogging, but it's all purposeful. The purpose is that they talk to Sarah, Neil, or Darren from our team and that they eventually can become a customer. So I think one of the things, and it was a really fascinating study around the average attention span of humans online and how it's decreased over the last five years. It's actually eight seconds. Yeah. And I, I think I heard somebody mention on uh, one of your other shows, it's a stat worth mentioning, but that's a second less than a goldfish's attention span. Yeah, it's and true. And so if you're only sending people to a website that has a million options, you really might want to start using landing pages, which have one option. And, and just a quick story on landing pages, those were invented by Microsoft because they were having trouble selling windows in the early 2000s for a million reasons, which we don't have to talk about. But the, the idea is that they, they, they said, you know what, let's just put a singular focus on that software as opposed to that being one tab of many on our site. And Microsoft, you know, through that invented the landing page. And, and I go around the country, Seth, and you do too. And every person in the room has a website and less than five or three percent of the people in the room have something like Instapage, lead pages, unbounce, you know, a nice landing page tool. So I think that's something I hope people take away from the book is that you need to supplement your page views with leads and landing pages are really built for, I feel like, this kind of mobile microwave world we're in. Yeah. Tell me, you know, one of the things that I've watched you do really well is your ability to leverage Facebook. So totally get the engagement part. And we just dabbled on that. And I've had a bunch of guests on to talk about it, but the, but the tactics that you use to convert, mm -hmm. tell me how that works. Sure. It's something I call in the book BFS, which is built for social, you know, and, and on the, and one of the things a lot of people are, are missing out on business from Facebook, Seth, is just their profile. So I cover a lot of tips on pages and ads and, and sort of how to build an ad for social that does good and, and how to run a page in a group that does good. But, but as an example, on your personal profile, uh, I don't know when your birthday is, Seth. Sorry, I, I don't know it off the top of my head. December 19th. Okay, so I'm guessing last December. Uh, some people on your birthday wrote on your wall on Correct. Facebook, right? They okay. Did. And, and what I find fascinating is that, you know, obviously Facebook prompts us to do that, but I don't know if you had anybody out of the hundreds of people that probably did it, but people will actually write HBD and that'll be all they write. Yeah. Like, which I, uh, is obviously like the minimum barrier to like, effort, <laughs> right? Like, Hey, I know I only even do something once a year when Facebook almost makes it so easy that I won't, but HBD buddy. And go. like, 
that, it, you know, if you were to treat your offline relationships like that, you know, you walk into a birthday party and, and you just look at the kid whose party it is and you just say HBD and keep walking like you're not going to get invited to the next party. So part of it is just understanding that, you know, these are people and, and you want to kind of speak to them as such. Like we're really bullish on this cool company called Bond. It's mm -hmm. Bond.co. Love those guys. And they integrate with Facebook and, and it basically is like a robot that holds a pen that will hand write a note for you and mail it for a couple bucks. Yeah. And so, you know, when, whether it's talking to a lead that you think is going to convert through a Facebook ad you ran or whether it's actually somebody that's a past client or, or somebody in your sphere of influence that you see on Facebook has a birthday, you know, why do what everybody else does? Try something like a, a handwritten note in a world where everybody's going all in. And, and I'm not saying handwritten note only. Listen, I'm saying handwritten note by a robot, right? I'm still being yeah. kind of tech tech forward here. But I think this idea, and, and that's what I covered in my first book, was people work, right? In a world where people are, you know, treating their connections on Facebook as if it's just a, a platform to share, you know, things like writing on people's walls, you know, one person's wall, like the way that triggers notifications, Seth, is really different. And, and starting private chats with people, you know, starting to look at Facebook as kind of the modern day CRM where you can create one to one conversations at any time. Like I give people a, a template in the book where like and you guys can try this, like you can paste a message into your messenger to any friend that's logged on. Yeah. And just say, hey, I'm working on a really big project for work. Would you mind if we chatted for a couple minutes today? Oh, I do it all the time. Like all, and, and everybody just says, sure. Yeah. They're pumped. And like, if I'm a realtor and I do that, the first thing I do when I call them is say, yeah, I'm just actually polling like every friend I have. We're trying to figure out if the real estate market's back. And so we're wondering, are you selling your house in the next three months, six months, 12 months or not at all? Yeah. Oh, you are? Well, I'm glad we're on the damn phone. So there's other, you know, obviously that's kind of a quick version of the story. But like there's ways to uh, and, and the way I try to frame it in the book is that the only thing that creates closings and customers is conversations. So I've just always looked at Facebook and also email and blogs and videos as conversation starters uh, versus broadcasts. I guess yeah. it's probably it. One of the things that uh, you you reminded me of is I remember when the audio recording first came out for Messenger. Mm hmm. And so every year, so of course I send out Christmas cards and I send out gifts and what have you, but there's a whole bunch of folks that I don't, but what I do is I call and leave a, an audio message to mm -hmm. each one of them somewhere between, you know, Hanukkah, Christmas and New Year's just to say, I'm thinking, and everyone listens to it. Yeah. hundred percent conversion. 100% conversion. Exactly. And you could do the same thing through a quick little video and an SMS. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes we get uh, so caught up in like, which tool should we use that we don't execute? Yeah. Yeah. You just got to do it. Um, so one of the things that I noticed, and I think you mentioned this to me, is you've really been trying to focus on like getting things done. And what that has meant is a little bit of retraction on all of the platforms to play in and a little bit of retraction on creating content. But now you're shifting that. Tell me a little bit about that and what the strategy is there. Sure. And I did put a chapter in the book. I mean, there's, there's 
first of all, 20% of this book is about generating a funnel on Facebook so that you have leads to call every day. Yeah. And so I frame Facebook as the internet. I don't think of it as Facebook anymore. I think if you're not doing Facebook ads, you're not advertising online. Yeah. So that's a big difference than the way a lot of people look at it. What's cool is there's a billion people on the platform. There's like 25 or 30 million business pages, but there's still barely 3 million people that have ponied up their credit card and paying for ads. Yeah, crazy, so right? It's, it, it's unbelievable for me. So um, that that's a part of it. But there's a chapter, just in my defense a little bit, there is a chapter on sort of other, right? Where I talk about Instagram, YouTube, podcasting, curating, guest posting. But what I'm arguing in the book is that all of that thing, all of those things combined for most businesses will quite simply equal the impact of what I talk about on Facebook. So I'm not saying that those things aren't critically important. I just think that you you don't want to trip over nickels to pick up pennies. I mean, I read a freaking article yesterday about how Snapchat's geo filters are going to be a game changer for real estate marketing. <laughs> that's just bullshit. <laughs> right. So yeah. like for me, I think that, you know, indecision is the worst decision. If you have more usernames and passwords than customers, you're never going to be great at marketing and sales. And so I just think that uh, I remember when I interviewed Gary Keller about the one thing, Seth, he said, I wanted to give people a lease to do less. And even though this book is highly complex and detailed, it is actually a lot less than I think what most people think it takes yeah. to be successful in marketing and sales right now. Uh, you know, when you actually don't put the fluff in and you don't force yourself to do a whole chapter on Twitter, a whole chapter on Instagram, a whole chapter on Snapchat, you know, I'm not saying these, listen, I use these things. I love them. I'm just saying that those are sort of like, yeah, like if you're not good at blocking and tackling, you can't try the end around reverse quite yet is yeah. the idea. Yeah. So you're somewhat of a machine at this point with the books, the speaking schedule, the promotion, curator, your own consulting. What does your day look like? I think my day is probably a little bit less busy than a lot of people think. I mean, I wake up and, you know, get my kids off to school. Um, and then once my kids are gone, I really am the most productive between like 8.30 and 12.30 or so. So just a solid four hours. I, I work from home. And so I, I it's funny, I, I, was, I almost had to put my kids in day, uh, homeschool while we were closing on our house last year. Yeah. And I, I learned something that was so fascinating, which is that if you homeschool a child, you only spend one hour with them one-on-one. -on -one. But if they go to obviously a, a regular school, they're there for like six hours or whatever. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really fascinating. So I, I think that when you work in a remote environment where there's little to no distractions, a four hour day is more productive than most people's 12 hour days. Interesting. And so, so I, I, it isn't that I'm not working a ton and working on a lot of stuff. It's just that I, I do believe that most what most people call work isn't work. And so what I do is I shift to what most people do kind of from one to six, but from 8.30 to 12.30, I do everything that matters the most. And, and I do it with all the energy and effort and passion I can and, and actually think people are making up the rest of the day usually. Or filling it. I mean, I think that there's, 
you know, I had this conversation with Frederick Towns, who's one of our co-founders, and we're saying basically that, you know, for, for a company or business to really succeed, you need people to buy in. They need to buy in beyond a job because a job is just like, Hey, you punch your clock, you show up, you do some stuff and then you do some busy work to keep yourself entertained. You like eat some munchies and go for a walk, get some coffee. Yep. But if you're bought in and you're excited and you are creating an impact, then being at work, you're actually producing a force multiplier. And that's what I think you're talking about. I mean, the ability to get more done in four hours than you can do in, in 12 mm-hmm. of the average person, mm-hmm. that's what's worth getting up for. Well, and the other thing is I do speak all over the country and sometimes all over the world. And I, I, I'm, I'm semi in demand, which always yeah. is very humbling. And so, you know, I have two young children. I'm married. I, I have been now speaking on the road publicly for eight years. And so I also try to balance the fact that I'm going to have these like marathon, you know, weeks away or month, not a month away, but a week away or three days in a row away. And then you come off the road speaking for three days, you're sort of spent for three more. Yeah. And, and so I do try to factor that into the work-life balance that, you know, speaking is seasonal. Um, and, but it's, what's exciting is now, Seth, I've created a business at Curator for myself where if I never traveled and spoke again, I would be totally fine. I would absolutely love my job. I actually get more work done, of course, when I'm home working yeah. than when I'm like traveling like I was yesterday, like screaming at people for making me miss my flight, you know? So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that it's, to me, it's like, I, I kind of think of it, I always grew up playing basketball. Yeah. Um, and I, w- I like to joke that I was the second best player on my team but I was the second best white player and, and, <laughs> and there was only two, <laughs> which actually made me the worst player <laughs> on our team. Um, and so that was something that, uh, you know, I just always had that passion. And so I, I, I think about sports a lot and, and even Jimmy, he's a huge, my co-founder, he's a huge Patriots and uh, football fan. And so I always looked at it like sports where, you know, you're going to be on the road a lot. You're going to be in the gym a lot. You're going to be in the weight room a lot, but then you're going to have like a few months where you don't do anything and you get to enjoy all that hard work. So for me, honestly, man, June, July, August, it's pretty laid back in, in December, you know, and it, it's pretty laid back. So I, I know those big, hard breaks are coming. So I don't mind just super hustling until they get here. That's awesome. Chris, what's the best way for folks to find out more about you and more about the book Conversion Code? Thanks, Seth. Uh, and I'm a big fan of your podcast. I just wanted to say that before before I got off. I mean, Thank there you. are very few uh, actionable resources. And I think that's why this book will probably be a big hit um, because there's just so many people talking in hype and not very many people giving help. Yeah. And you're giving help. So thank you for that. Thank if you. Pe- if people want to uh, learn more about the book, theconversioncode.com. Uh, of course, you can go to Amazon and search the conversion code. My email address is chris at curator.com, C-U-R-A-Y-T-O-R.com. So anybody that listened, uh, that liked what they heard and, and wants to do a business venture or just learn more about me, just email me. Always think email converts the best there. Awesome. Chris, thanks so much. What an absolute pleasure. Always love talking to you. I always walk away with a lot of thought. Exciting stuff, Seth. Keep up the good work. You've built a great following here. The Craft of Marketing podcast. 
uh, is really A plus for people that potentially are hearing this for the first time and they've never heard the archives. Please go back into iTunes. You'll be glad you did. Thanks, Seth. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Craft of Marketing. If you like what you've heard here, I've got something that I want to send you. I've put together a free cheat sheet of marketing resources to use for personal branding. I'd been keeping all these private notes on the subject and decided to put together the ultimate guide to personal branding resources just for listeners like you. You can grab your free copy right now by going to craftofmarketing.com forward slash gift. And remember, everybody markets in some way or another, but it's the craft we bring to the table that makes a difference.